then they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> Hungry for a burger? Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store-bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a pattern? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk, MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at Subliminal SF dot myshopify.com that's subliminal sf dot myshopify.com and experience subliminal sf hey you open micer in san francisco comedy scene Maybe you want time to do jokes. Well, this is the place to do it. Mutiny Radio. We have three open mic a week just for you. Monday's Joke Workshop from 6 to 8. Come and get four minutes and four minutes of commentary from your comedian peers. Come on Fridays for happy hour 6 to 8 here at Mutiny Radio. All the comics 
wonderful, hilarious people in the scene. Get to know them, hang out, do a set, have it recorded here and on a podcast at mutinyradio.fm and come in on Saturdays from 4 to 6. Get long sets because no one ever shows up, so it's like stage time and people can listen. Come on by to Mutiny Radio. Get your comedy on, baby. Tell me what you think about your situation. Complication, aggravation. Is it getting to you? Then tune in live every Sunday from 12 to 2 p.m. to the edge of insanity with myself, Paul Brumbaugh. Kit Marie. Brandon Ray. And Mistress Christine. All on Mutiny Radio. That's right, PCRcollective.org. We'll see you there. Not my show again, playing cool stuff. I don't have permission from this band yet, so I'm going to ask him permission after. And I'm going to apologize. I'm going to record first and ask permission after. But I won't play it on the radio unless I get permission. I promise.
water shit. Water the plants. You have this. Good for you. It'll lead to better things like beer. I promise you. Not water stuff. It's like pot. Don't do that either. It's bad for your brain. How's it going, everybody? Good? So we had a bad run. We went from Vegas to like somewhere else to somewhere else and yeah, all these places that bars don't close are really bad for me to be at. Last call is a blessing. Anyway, you guys like to see Sacred all tonight? They're really good. I don't know how they're gonna do their bit on this little stage because they're, 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 they're all right. No, they're not. They're crazy. Do a beer song. Song goes out to beer. We have beer. You want some beer?
dedicate this uh, set to my friend Chris Taruki, who is a resident of San Francisco for many years. But the Fillmore, and he just recently passed away, so you too. And here's a song for Boss Alarm for a while. We ain't, here, we ain't on this planet forever, so we're gonna have a fucking good time, because you never know, one day you ain't gonna get up. You're gonna have a good time that night before, because I don't know what's going on after. They said, Harry Christmas see that they were gonna come back as uh, cockroaches or something weird like that. Or maybe John will come back as Harley, or will come back as John. <laughs> what a cocksucking Christopher, that would be, huh? They should just be nice, shouldn't they? Or their karma might be. I never even thought of that, until just now. They say if you're an asshole, you can have a rap or something. Right? Like it's probably Anyway, let's go with the cavity creeps. It goes out to friends here in the world with each other. Let's hear it for each other. We all friends here. I just finished hanging out with Toby, so I'm going to be pretty much right. I love everybody. I love you all.
So he tied a cowbell to her ankle so he could hear at night if she tried to get out of bed. But she learned how to muffle the bell by stuffing a sock into it and inching her way out of the bed and into the night. He caught her one night when the sock fell out and he heard her trying to run to the highway. He caught her and dragged her back to the trailer and tied her to the stove with his belt. He just left her there, went back to bed, and lay there listening to her scream. Then he listened to his son's scream. And he was surprised at himself because he didn't feel anything anymore. All he wanted to do was sleep. And for the first time, he wished he were far away. Lost in a deep, vast country where nobody knew him. Somewhere without language. Or streets. And he dreamed about this place without knowing its name. And when he woke up, he was on fire. There were blue flames burning the sheets of his bed. He ran through the flames toward the only two people he loved. But they were gone. His arms were burning, and he threw himself outside wet ground. Then he ran. He never looked back at the fire. He just ran. He ran until the sun came up. And he couldn't run any further. When the sun went down, he ran again. For five days, he ran like this, until every sign of man had disappeared.
Flat Black Plastic is the show on Mutiny Radio that you're listening to. Keep it listening. August 1934, several months later, began to feel heavy and tremors inside of my womb. My breasts are full of milk. The child does not belong in my life, for I have too many people to take care of. I have already too many children. As D.H. Lawrence said, do not bring any more children into the world, bring hope into the world. There are too many men without hope and faith in the world. Too much work to do, too many to serve and care for. Already, I have more than I can bear. I sit in the studio in the dark, talking to my child. You should not be thrust into this black world, in which even the greatest joys are tainted with pain, in which we are slaves to material forces. He kicked and stirred. So full of energy, my child. How much better it would be if you had stayed away from Earth in obscurity and unconsciousness, in the paradise of non-being. My little one not born yet, you are the future. I would prefer to live with men in the present, not with future extensions of myself into the future. I feel your small feet kicking against my womb. It is very dark in the room we are sitting in, just as dark as it must be for you inside of me. But it must be sweeter for you to be lying in the warmth than it is for me to be seeking in this dark room the joy of not knowing, not feeling, not seeing, the joy of lying still and quiet in utter warmth and darkness. All of us forever seeking again this warmth and this darkness, this being alive without pain, this being alive without anxiety or fear or loneliness. You are impatient to live. You kick with your small feet, my little one not born yet. You ought to die in warmth and darkness. You ought to die because in the world there are no real fathers, not in heaven. On earth. The German doctor has been here. While he examines me, we talk about the persecution of the Jews in Berlin. Life is full of terror and wonder. He said, You were not built for maternity. I sit in the dark studio and talk to the child. You can see by what is happening in the world that there is no father taking care of us. We are all orphans. 
You will be a child without a father, as I was a child without a father. That is why I did all the caring. I nursed the whole world. When there was war and persecution, I wept for all the wounds inflicted. And where there were injustices, I struggled to return life, to recreate hope. The woman loved and cared too much. But inside of this woman, there is still a child. There is still the ghost of a little girl forever wailing inside, wailing the loss of her father. Will you go about, as I did, knocking on windows, watching every caress and protective love given to other children? For as soon as you will be born, as just as soon as I was born, man, the husband, lover, friend, will leave, as my father did. Man is a child, afraid of fatherhood. Man is a child, and not a father. Man is an artist who needs all the care, all the warmth for himself, as my father did. There's no end to his needs. He needs faith, indulgence, humor. He needs worship, good cooking, mended socks, elves, a hostess, a mistress, a mother, a sister, a secretary, a friend. He needs to be the only one in the world. He will hate your wailing and your slobbering and your sickness and my feeding you rather than his work, his creation. He might cast you aside for this love of his work which brings him praise and power. He might run away as my father ran away from his wife and children and you would be abandoned as I was. It would be better to die than to be abandoned for you would spend your life haunting the world for this lost father fragment of your body and soul, this lost fragment of your very self. There is no father on earth. We were deluded by this shadow of God the Father cast on the world, a shadow larger than man. This shadow you would worship and seek to touch, dreaming day and night of its warmth and of its greatness, dreaming of it covering you and lulling you, larger than a hammock as large as the sky, big enough to hold your soul and all your fears, larger than man or woman, than church or house, the shadow of a magic father who is nowhere to be found. It is the shadow of God the Father. It would be better if you died inside of me, quietly, in the warmth and in the darkness. The doctor does not hear the breathing of the child. He rushes me to the clinic. I feel resigned and yet deep down terrified of the anesthetic. Feeling of oppression, remembrance of other anesthetics, anxiety, like a birth trauma. The child is six months old. They might save it. Anxiety. Fear of death, fear of yielding to eternal sleep. But I lay smiling and joking. I was wheeled to the operating room, legs tied and raised, the pose of love in a cold, white operating room, with the clatter of instruments and the smell of antiseptics and the voice of the doctor and I trembling with cold, blue with cold and anxiety. The smell of ether, the cold numbness trickling through the veins, the heaviness, 
the paralysis, but the mind still clear and struggling with the concept of death, against death, against sleep. The voices grow dimmer. I have no longer the capacity to answer. The desire to sigh, sob, to murmur. Ça va, madame? Ça va, madame? Ça va, madame? Ça va, madame? Ça va, madame?
to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Mutiny Radio listener, it's that time of year again. March 1st through 5th, it's time for the 4th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Over 40 comics, 25 shows, 5 days, all here at Mutiny Radio, 2781 21st Street at Florida Street. 25 shows, 5 days, amazing comics from all over the United States here in San Francisco to entertain you with 25 differently themed shows hosted by local San Francisco comedians, bringing you comedians from all over the United States here. Everything will be live, live streaming and podcast post. Get your tickets, $10 a show, 25 shows, a million laughs. It's the fourth annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival brought to you by Benders, Counter Offer and Subliminal SF. Is this about that VR house you keep bugging me for? What if it is? I told you, I can't afford the Bitcoin. Goodbye, Jack. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutinyradio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutinyradio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Asiento, take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas, and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento, honestly, is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls. Trivia on Mondays, Taco Tuesdays, First Wednesday, live jazz. 
Live DJs Thursday. Parties. The food is darn good. Special happy hour prices all night long with your Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival ticket March 1st through 5th. Check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com. Come take a seat. I had a date there and it did not go well. But it wasn't the fault of the place. They're very nice. Asiento. For a burger, Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's Satisfaction! Oh. 
Yeah, you're fearless. I know it. Thanks for listening to Women's Magazine here on MutinyRadio.fm. I'm Global Val. That was some music from Pamela Parker. You can check out what she's up to at PamelaParkerRocks.com. But we're here today. Today is Friday, March 1st. It's actually the first day of Women's Herstory Month. So uh, what better way to kick off than have uh, have someone, uh, the women's voice, uh, tell her stories um, so my my guest today is Bernice Yee. Am I saying that right, Bernice? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It's like a yes. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Bernice is in town. She is one of the visiting comedians um, who applied to be part of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, which is starting today. So we are kicking it off on, on Women's Magazine, really, because women should always come first. Woo. I agree. <laughs> so Bernice, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you're visiting from Seattle, right? Mm-hmm. The Seattle area? Is that mm-hmm. where you... Yes. Yes. Uh, I live in Seattle now. Uh, I have been living there for 12 years. Yeah. But you're originally from China. I am. So, I am made in China. <laughs> made in China. <laughs> <laughs> so you kind of talk about how you, you know, kind of escaped and now you're... Uh, what, I want to hear a little bit of your story of, uh, you know, how did you, you decide, I need, to, I need to get out of China and, and go to the, the United States? Uh-huh. Because, um, so I say escape, it's not like I was a criminal. So. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> I, quotes, yeah, quote unquote escape, it's more of a joke, right? Yeah. yeah. But I was definitely a rebel. Um, I think um, living in China, like I got into not trouble but in a way that just like everybody is in your face trying to tell you what to what to do um and uh i think once i got exposure um to america i have always seen oh i want to be there i want to go there so a lot of time people ask me why do you come here oh my god you came here by yourself your parents your family are all in america um at the time when I came here, I I just like this is a dream. I did not miss my family. Um, good, my family didn't understand English, so they were never know this. I said that, <laughs> but I think it's in a way that I just want to be at a place to be who I am, to say what I want to say. Um, yeah, that's kind of what drove me to come here. That's really cool. Um, that and it is. It takes a lot of bravery to just say. See ya. Like, I'm going to go try this and try to make a new life for myself. Like it's, it's really takes a lot. And, um, you're, you, you also write and contribute to this, uh, kind of online magazine group, which we'll talk about a little more later called mm-hmm. the syndrome. And so I read your recent article about, you know, like basically having to be really sneaky with your boyfriends, even in, even in college, right? Yeah. Even in college. <laughs> so, so has the uh, being uh, deceptive? Uh, how has that helped in your comedy? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, just to kind of set a context of the deceptive or what s- sneaky means. So, even in college, like it's okay that you have a boyfriend, but you don't really let people see any public display affection, right? So like kissing, uh uh-uh, no, you don't. Like, and then kind of is an unspoken rule that you don't have sex. For some reason, I don't know, nobody says you cannot, but it's a big gossip. Uh, like topic and so um and we don't have any privacy so in the dorm room okay so in our studio right now it's bigger than a dorm room where six of us lived oh my gosh <laughs> we live in bunk beds and we're like a whole bunch of adults right um and then like so that's the small space and if and then they lock the dorm room 
every night at 9 p.m. and they shut the lights off. That's like prison. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're shut in and you're shut out. Yeah. Right. And so it was the most prestigious like, university in in China. It's not like a like kind of like a prison university. It's actually one of the best uh, universities. Um. So at that time, if you don't go back by 9 p.m., where are you? Mm-hmm. And gossip starts and just a lot of social pressure. Um. So the sneaky have to you have to find ways. Uh, you have to plan ahead. You may have to make a hotel reservation, but you <laughs> cannot make under like if I make a hotel reservation, it's too um, suspicious. Mm. <laughs> so you have to find an excuse. You have to set expectations with your roommates, saying that oh my parents are in town, or like you have to work hard. If I kind of like, oh I have to work at the lab all night, I couldn't come back. But you must have a deadline that you set. Let everybody know already. You can't just all of a sudden have a deadline. Oh yeah. So <laughs> it takes a lot of planning to to plan a lie. Yeah. <laughs> so, so is that like comedy? It takes. Um, a- <laughs> in a way, I think it's more about when I create a situation. Mm. Um, like maybe there's exaggeration. Maybe it's a fictional, but I have to make it believable. Mm-hmm. I have to kind of like okay, this actually fits into my personality, fits into my um, you know, like something I. Would would do it's not out of character oh interesting (laughs) subtle and smart (laughs) yeah but then like you know like it's not true so um and you want to make people wonder yeah that sounds about right (laughs) (laughs) so so when how did you decide that you wanted to be a comedian and do stand-up like and and also like how did you develop your sense of humor like have you always like just had the sense of humor and been funny or uh, what how did that kind of develop for you funny that you asked that because um i invited one girlfriend that i have been friends with like 10 years and then like she came to my show and she said oh my god bernice you know five years ago you told me I'm very serious person. I am not funny. <laughs> um, I so in a way, it's like it's not. I never, th- I I never thought about become a comedian. Yeah. Um, but I watched so much like Netflix. Well, actually, back off a little bit. I started watching Netflix specials when I wash my face at nighttime. Um, but it takes so long to wash my face that I watch so many Netflix comedy specials, and then I realized. That's how I think too, because I realize comedians they have they have a different perspective, they have a different point of view. And for me, I'm an outsider. You know, whether when I was in China or when I here, I always feel like I have a different perspective because of my experience. So I know in the shower, I'm always thinking about all these funny, wacky thoughts <laughs> from my experience. Um, but I just didn't think about. I can be one because English is not my first language.、Um, to even be funny in the second language, I just felt、like、that's so hard.、Um, but not until I saw Ellie Wong's first Baby Cobra special, can all of a sudden say, "Oh my God, the the things she thinks is funny. That's things I think about." And then all of a sudden, you do see somebody's more like you. You know, it's not a bunch of like, you know white guys talking about dick jokes. <laughs> right, because there's a lot of that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So to me, it's all of a sudden. I want to be like that. I actually want. I have a voice. I want to be heard.、Um, so、um, I just last year made a New Year's resolution that you know what? I'm just do, going to、um, do one open mic by the end of the year.、Um, and then I sign up for a comedy class.、Uh, did a graduation show. I love it and keep on doing open mic. And people 
asked me to be on their shows and it's, wow people want to hear about my story and my my jokes and my sense of humor yeah so you've only done comedy like actively done comedy for about a year now yeah right on <laughs> and here you are in san francisco you applied to be part of the comedy festival pam benjamin you know is like Fuck yeah, let's have Bernice A. She's oh great. <laughs> um, so that that's like another like amazing success story, right? Thank you. Yeah, and I think about it just incredible. I'm so grateful uh, for the opportunity, and also in a way that also I keep telling myself. Um, Fifteen years ago when I came, I don't, I didn't speak English. Whoa. I didn't. I didn't know how to order a sandwich from Subway. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing too. Like so. I, I, I teach English as a second language. That's, that's my day job, you know, <laughs> here on Mutiny Radio, you know, this is, this is my, my, my fun, my passion, you know, to talk to people and be inspired and, and hear people's voices and stories. But, you know, so I teach English, so I know how hard it is to I mean, English itself is a really hard language and mm -hmm. there's so many little things, little nuances and expressions. So how did you learn English? <laughs> um, so I guess there's, um, it's funny because um, when I came, I, we learned little English, um, like in school, in high school. And what they taught us is British English. But of course, it's taught by a Chinese teacher. So basically is. British pronunciation with Chinese accent. <laughs> what does that sound like? Uh, um, looking forward to meet you. I, I cannot really do it quite right, but you know, like... You, you've evolved past that. Yeah. And then there's like, I would say tomato or how do you do um, some basic phrases. Um, and then the funny thing is in the... So, oh, when I first came here, I went to Purdue for um, graduate school to study computer science. Okay. Um, so in the school, there are inter other international students. I remember I went to this like international student like dance party, and there's this English guy. And you know, when I say tomato, and it's oh my god, where did you come from? And <laughs> so I think you know, I kind of I instantly clicked, and I you know I um so we actually started dating. Uh, so I think having somebody who speak English um, that clicked with you and then like we speak more English that definitely helped um, but also the funny thing is because I had a roommate she was Chinese we were from the same hometown oh, but wow. because our um, you know like our schedules are different um, so she always complained to the other Chinese um, students about I disturb her sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so m my boyfriend at the time did not like that, right? So one time um, I, we have the English as a second language t training for teaching assistant. So we're teaching assistant. Oh, right. Yeah. So you're, you're, in, you're in a graduate pr program. Yeah, exactly. Oh, wow. So then okay. one of the assignment is like, um, you know, come up with a phase, uh, phrase that sounds Dif like the meaning is different than the um, original, how the words read. Mm -hmm. And then so she asked me and my boyfriend, um, like, and then the, the boyfriend gives a um, blowjob. Okay. <laughs> it's so mean, but she didn't know. I didn't know. So I actually didn't know. And then so she went to the class and she gave the phrase blowjob. And then <laughs> everybody just had the face pump and she was so embarrassed and she was pissed, right? So that started the war with me and the rest of the Chinese students. Oh, no. They disowned me. Oh, no. They blamed you. <laughs> they blamed me. So, so I kind of, I was being isolated from 
around the rest of the Chinese students,、mm-hmm. but in a way that kind of pushed me. All right, I'm going to make friends with international students, with my American friends. They they were really really nice to me.、Um, so that's kind of. But in the meantime, like as I ask question, I'm just like. Um, you know, at this point, I came here. I'm just going to be shameless and ask questions.、Um, so I ask anything that I don't understand, and my friends got a little impatient. Oh, Urban Dictionary, but. It's incredible. Urban Dictionary is like the I don't know. That's kind of where I learn the most of my English. <laughs>、um. That's awesome. You know, it's funny because you know, like like students that I have now, they're、yeah. like, I really want to improve my English, and like other teachers will say, you know, date somebody, you know, <laughs> like, go meet up with people. I always tell them that they should.、Um, <laughs> I always tell them a couple things. I'm like, you should go to. A place where people are speaking English and just pretend like you're doing something else and just listen to their conversation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.、Um, but also, I I tell them I was like, go and ask somebody a question that you already know the answer to, because then if you you just practice asking the question and the answer is not important. Oh, because then you can hear like somebody tell you like, oh, go down that way, and you know, go straight ahead, or go down this street, you know, like a little directions things. Like everybody has a map now; everybody's using Google Maps or、mm-hmm. whatever. But you know, I'm like, just go ask a question, but you already know the answer. That's so smart. I wish I knew that tip back then, <laughs> <laughs> because I would be in conversation with my friend, and um, um, sometimes I just really got lost, and it's a、uh, it's hard. I just I want to go home, but I just like okay, stay with it. And a lot of time I. I actually really did not know what they were talking about, but even picking up something like I, it's helpful.、Um, it took a long time. <laughs> so,、uh, so you did you finish Purdue or did you change schools? How did you decide to to stay and how did you end up in Seattle?、Mm, um, I was in the PhD program, so、oh, wow. um, I did not finish that. So I was a I am a PhD dropout, but I um I. Once I remember, so in the middle, um, you can get a master's degree in between, and uh, I was applying for internship for the summer for Microsoft, and at the interview. My interviewer actually said, "You know, you should also check that box for full time because it's the interview is actually easier."、Hmm. The reason his rationale was,、um, you know, for intern you only have three months, so we want to make sure the interview you can you can really deliver, and then、um, for three months period of time. But full time we look more for potential.、Mm. Um, so I checked that box.、Um, they flew me to you know Seattle. I had they actually even did like an interview boot camp to teach you how to do interview. But the position I applied for was the program management,、um, and then they definitely want your English to be better.、Um, So I actually ended up didn't get that job, but from my background, they ref- 